This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 64 with Nissan Trotter. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Growing up in the backwoods of Silver Hill, Alabama, Nissan Trotter seemed to move as fast as a Nissan 370Z, with lots of activities being part of his everyday life. He loved sports at an early age and transitioned from football, basketball, and baseball year-round. By his senior year of high school, he was voted Most Athletic and Homecoming King. Soon thereafter, he earned a football scholarship to Bucknell University. Nissan made his impact on Bucknell's campus in several ways. His motivation and inspiration spread across different communities, diversities, and socioeconomic backgrounds. He co-founded a student-led faith-based organization called The Gathering. Nissan also was the recipient of the Most Inspirational Player of the Year Award, voted by his teammates, and even the university honored him with the first-ever Diversity Achiever Award because of his ability to connect with such a wide group of people. Daring to dream, Nissan's impassioned pursuit of entrepreneurship led him to co-founding Trot Fitness Fitbody Bootcamp, one of the nation's top fitness boot camps. He's helped thousands of people in the greater Susquehanna Valley, I'm sure I just butchered that, in central Pennsylvania, reach their health and fitness goals. His success gradually garnered national and international attention en route to winning the 2015 Fitness Business Summit Personal Trainer of the Year Award. Nissan is now a highly sought after motivational speaker, having presented across the nation with his thriving rise of Nissan RPM, the ultimate motivation brand. Nissan is now a highly sought after motivational speaker, having presented across the nation with the thriving rise of Nissan RPM, the ultimate motivation brand. 
He has creatively crafted his life's stories to inspire and empower high school and college students, athletes of all kinds, fitness entrepreneurs, small businesses, corporations, and nonprofits. His clients go to a higher dimension as Trotter helps them discover their unique gifts and talents. They accelerate and excel in their dreams, passions, purposes, and reasons for being with Nissan RPM alongside. Nissan is also the proud husband of his wife, Yorlis, and loving father to two little boys. Nissan lives in the heartfelt conviction that you have a supernatural power to accelerate and excel. I was lucky enough to hear Nissan on stage in last spring. He was amazing, amazing. I was at a fitness event there to just hear trainers talk about what they do. And here comes Nissan Trotter. And he like completely takes over the stage with this huge presence that is so much bigger than fitness and so much bigger than helping people lose weight. And so that's a lot of what he does, but he also does something that's on a much larger scale. And you're going to hear some of that today. So I'm excited to talk to Nissan to hear about how he spreads his word to the masses, how he lives his life, because sometimes meet a motivational speaker you don't always feel like super inspired, super positive. Motivational speakers have bad days too. So we're going to get some behind the scenes about his life. We're also going to hear about how he juggles family life with work life and how he turns himself on when he needs to, and also how he can rest and recover as he needs to do that. So let's go ahead and dive in with Nissan Trotter. Nissan Trotter, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I feel extremely honored to be online with you. I do. I'm excited because you are our first shameless dad to join us. Craig Ballantyne. So you know Craig Ballantyne. We've both been mentored by Craig, and he is the only other guy that's been on the show. But he's not a dad, so we have our first shameless dad. This is a big day. Yay, I am pioneering it up, and I'm excited about it. So I have to tell our listeners that we met at an event that I, and I actually referenced this event when I came home. So Fitness Business Summit is an event I've been to many times because of my local gym here in Seattle. So I go to Fitness Business Summit to get inspired almost every year. And you were one of the speakers this year and you blew me away. You are such an amazing speaker. Thank you. Yeah, God has blessed me with the gift of gab, that's for sure. (laughs) And I leverage it. I use it to my full advantage. And yeah, thank you for the compliment. It, I love speaking on the stage at FBS. I've done it a couple of times now. And I was extremely honored to get invited back. So I wanted to make sure I did a job well done. And you've given me confirmation. So. <laughs> yes, you did a really, really good job. And it was so it was really fun because I think people expect when a fitness person gets on stage to talk that it's going to be really like fitness oriented and you made it so much bigger than that. And so I'm excited for this interview today because I know that you have a way with words and you have amazing energy. And uh, I think that's a really powerful thing. So I'm excited to dive in. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we just went through your bio and you have, I feel like you were clearly born to motivate other people and you've been inspiring people. It sounds like since you were a tiny little guy. So tell us a little bit more about the current dynamics of your personal and professional life And then we'll kind of dive into where you're at as a speaker. Okay. Well, my personal life is very, very interesting because I have two little, adorable, curly-haired boys. (laughs) Osias is my youngest. He's seven months old. And then I also have Onesimus. He's my oldest, and he's almost three. And uh, my beautiful Puerto Rican wife is obviously the true MVP, and uh, she is constantly giving our boys the right direction and also uh, steering me in the right direction as well. But it's just interesting as a fitness entrepreneur, 
and as a motivational speaker and, and having that brand of making sure that I have the right balance between everything because I kid you not, having two kids is really like also owning two companies. I mean, it is business. It is work. But you also have to, of course, cater to them, your kids, that is, and direct your attention and make sure that wherever you are, you are there. You know, and I try to make sure that when it comes to my personal or professional life, that wherever I am to truly be there. And I think sometimes we get balance misconstrued. And what I mean by that is we think of it in terms of the allocation of time. So if I spend three hours with my kids, three hours here in the studio, three hours then with my wife, you know, there's only so many hours in the day that you can really allocate time towards. And so to me, proper balance means really being 100% present when you're there. Do you ever struggle with that? I'm sure you <laughs> Yes. That's your time. That is so funny that you would say that because I just did an episode, episode 61. So just three episodes back, the title was Be Here Now, mostly. And the whole conversation was about how I struggle to be in the moment because I'm always thinking like, I'm always thinking three days ahead, like, what do I need to have done, you know, three days from now. And so when I'm sitting on the floor playing with my child, I really want to practice just sitting and playing and not thinking about like 18 other things that I need to do in the next day or so. So I totally agree. And it's really hard, especially when you serve people, I think for a living, you're just constantly thinking, you're conditioned to think of like, I'm going to serve my child right now, but also I have all these other people to serve and like, how am I going to do that? And how am I going to meet all their needs? And I think it's maybe just the nature of the beast a little bit that you get in this constant tailspin of how are you going? Like, there's always people waiting on you and how are you going to meet all their needs? And that can be challenging. Yeah, because see, Vinny, your son, right? He's focused on you. And he doesn't see you in really any other capacity other than being mommy. And so when I think in that regard with my kids, I'm cheating them out of an experience when I'm on social media, when I'm checking my cell phone, when sending out an email versus pushing them in the swing at the park. You know, that is daddy time. And so, you know, that is where I'm at in terms of just the personal and professional side of things of really trying to make sure that I have a good balance as defined by really being present with whatever I'm tasked to do in that moment. Right. And quality versus quantity. Absolutely. Yep. And there's research supporting that with parenting. There's research that like, it's not so much how many hours a day you spend with your child. It's what are the quality of those hours or those minutes, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And that encourages me too, because I think sometimes it may be challenging for moms to think in this regard, but especially for entrepreneurs who are dads, I sometimes see dads, because uh, I have a son right now who is in toddler school, and there's nothing more inspiring and encouraging than seeing a dad drop off their kid at toddler school. Now, there may only be two or three of us there, but we're there. And so, you know, I even in preparation for our time today, prior to this time, I'm rocking my seven-month-old to sleep. You know what I mean? I'm kind of in there in the mix as well. And so I get it, you know, whether what regardless of what your gender is, of what it truly means to spend quality time. And you know when it's quality versus you're just there and it's more so quantifying things over the quality of the experience. 
This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Yeah, I totally agree. One of Vinny's preschool, one of the dads comes in on Tuesdays and teaches music class to all the different classes in the school. And I, it's like the most heartwarming thing to me to see this dad shows up and he has like his little drums and his guitar and all this stuff. 
And he goes classroom to classroom and teaches music like all morning. And I think that's the coolest thing. And I agree. It's so nice to see that. And there is this ratio of like, you know, 75% moms that drop off and 25% dads and nothing wrong with that. Every family, you know, fulfills their roles in the ways that they need to. But it is interesting. And I think it's really cool when you see dads um, getting involved in different ways and being able to make those little time commitments here and there to really be impactful, you know, with different parts of their kids' lives. I think it's really great. And I think it's very different than from, I don't know what it was like when you were growing up, but I know when I was growing up 40 or so years ago, it was like dad's jobs was just to go to work. And I think that's changing so much now. And it's really cool to see dads embracing that. And I, following your Facebook feed, I see so much of how you embrace parenting in addition to the really cool career stuff that you do. Yep. So let's get into the speaker stuff a little bit. So from the sounds of your bio, you were born a motivational speaker. When and how did you realize your power to inspire other people? Well, that's a great question. When I was a little kid, I had a speech coach even before I wanted to hire one. And that was my mom. My mom used to continually critique me. Uh, I can remember this when I was a kid, maybe around honestly five, six years old. Whenever there would be speeches for Easter and in the church, I would be the one kid who had his speech memorized, and I was like the next Martin Luther King getting ready to deliver his speech. You know, my mom would make sure that I knew my speech verbatim, and she would always get the longest ones as well, (laughs) which was always challenging. But, you know, to this day, I hear her saying, stand up straight, son, you know, point at this point particular part of the speech or you know make sure you look interesting up there don't be dull don't be dry and my mom would be almost putting me through the ringer she was doing it in love right but little did I know that that kind of led into me enjoying speaking you know it always wasn't the case I used to be actually picked at in school for the way that I sounded around middle school years and the kids used to kind of huddle around and make fun of the way I sounded, mocking me with their best gestures and impersonations. And so that was difficult and challenging and also interesting. But also around middle school, here's the crazy transformation. So I would maybe shock and awe people who would listen to my speeches when I was a youngster to going to into middle school years, my peers picking on me. And then almost into my early high school years, I entered into this oratorical speech competition I really did not want to do it. My teacher helped me write the speech. My mom helped me deliver the speech. And I would go classroom to classroom with the speech called Never Give Up, quoting the great great Winston Churchill. I remember it like yesterday. I would point out into the crowd and all of that stuff. And I actually was good at it. And I was tops in my middle school for that speech competition, went on to like this district level or something like that where I placed second, and whoever placed first, they got this $2,500 scholarship or something like that. But that's when I was kind of realizing that, hey, I I made it up to this level, and some would have argued that I should have won the whole thing. It's an old and dead conversation now, but, you know, my mom still swears to this day, you were the winner, you should have had that scholarship in the bag. But that was kind of like the unveiling of my gift to speak and to motivate So motivation of speaking is certainly the platform that I use now, but the gift of encouragement has been in me since day one. That is so great. Yeah. So I interviewed Carrie Wilkerson in episode 62 just last week, and she was saying she has four children, and she said 
the biggest gift she thinks she could give her kids was to get them, which she's already done, is to get them on a stage with a microphone as early as possible and keep them there as long as possible. Because giving your kids a voice, and she has three girls, she's just giving them a voice and having them understand the power of their words and how they can impact people. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, I'd never really thought of that. I think that a lot of times people are like, oh, make sure you get your kids in sports or make sure that you there's you know a million different things. But I was like, wow, I don't think I would have ever thought someone would say, put your kid on stage. So it's so interesting that she said that. And now here you are talking about your mom putting you on stage and making you memorize these things. That's so powerful. And literally, Sarah, to this day, when I tell my mom, well, mom, I spoke in front of these so many hundreds of people. I'm doing you know these videos now. And this is the subject matter and content. And it's pretty powerful. Check it out. She always refers back to me and says, yep, that comes as no surprise. I knew you would be doing that. Almost as if she was trajecting my future and my path from my early years when I, you know, was a kid in our home. And so I have to agree with, uh, you know, what you said, Carrie Wilkinson? Uh, Carrie Wilkerson. Yeah, I have to agree with what she's saying and what she's doing because having a voice and the power of communication, think about it in this regard. How far can you go in this world without being able to communicate? And then how farther can you go when you communicate effectively, you know? And I think that that's a very important position that we all should take in our lives. I had to do a couple things in grade school, like class requirement things in terms of like getting up and speaking. And I did like the bare minimum to get by. But I remember when I got into fitness and I was given a mic to teach spin class and I at first didn't want the mic. And I was like, no, 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 I don't need the mic. I can just yell. And the facility owner was like, no, you have to use the mic. It's a big class. Like we make everyone use these mics. And I was very nervous about it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be loud. And I don't want to like, I don't know. That's just going to, I was totally like intimidated by using this microphone. And then within like five minutes of using it, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this thing. I felt this immediate like power and like, I just felt this totally different sense of self. Like I was on a stage, except for I was on a spin bike. <laughs> but that was really powerful. Did you feel power on stage immediately? Or is that something that you grew into? I definitely grew into it because remember, I was picked on in school. Uh, what I mentioned earlier, I had a raspy voice. It sounded really faint. And the kids who used to do the impersonations, I have to give it to them. They were good at it. And so, you know, I didn't want to speak. I wanted to honestly, at one period of time in my life, around maybe the sixth or seventh grade, I wanted to be the kid in the corner in the fetal position in a dark room, curled together with his insecurities because I felt that I sounded stupid and that it was justifiable as to why they were picking on me because of the way that I sounded. So initially, no, I didn't want to speak. Again, I thought even speaking was stupid. Now I absolutely love it. I really believe that there's two things people love to hear, especially once they become familiar with it. One we know is our very own names. The second one would be our voice. You know, like you said, that microphone, it captures all the quality of your voice. And now I absolutely love to hear myself talk. Um, if I could say that in the most humble way, I don't know if there is a way to say that humbly. But, you know, it wasn't always that way, Sarah. But once I started to realize the impact of being bold on stage, and I have an interesting personality, too, I have to admit, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit later, but I've come to find out that I am actually an introvert extrovert. So, so people who actually know me, see me on stage, will listen to this podcast, will think me to be the guy who absolutely bounces off the wall. And there are occasions, certainly, where I do that, where I'm entertaining. 
But my wife would know me to be very quiet in the home. I can spend the entire day just by myself, not saying anything. It's the weirdest thing, Sarah. I wish that I, I hope I did a service by explaining it that way. That's great. Yeah, but once I started actually speaking and seeing the impact that it had over people's lives, you know, I thought it would have been a bit selfish to not let my voice be heard. And then I just grew into loving it. When you were in that middle school place, how did you keep going and like put yourself in these competitive speaking and engagements and environments when you said, like you said, you wanted to be on the floor in a fetal position? Like what made you keep going? Was it that your parents forced your mom forced you to or did you just feel like you needed to do it and you could do it? Well, unbeknownst to me at the time, but thankfully now I really have the remedy and the ingredients to helping people speak and use their voice. It wasn't until, Sarah, I got thrown into the fire where I went from zero to 60 in no time flat and went from a guy being picked on because of, you know, his raspy sound and soft sound to now classmates are enamored with how far I'm taking this speaking once I just started speaking. So you have to do more of what they're telling you you can't do. (laughs) You know, if that makes sense. Most of the time when people are pointing you in one direction, go the opposite way. If I would have listened to my peers, I would probably still be quiet today. I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing. Speaking on the stage is where I have a chance to speak. But thankfully, because I was thrown in the fire... And here's another key ingredient. Les Brown says, sometimes you have to believe in others' belief in you before your belief kicks in. And so I believed in my mom at that period of time. I believed in the positive influence that my teacher had on me because she seen something in me and said that I should sign up for this oratorical speaking engagement. And then as I jumped in the fire, Going from zero to 60, from not speaking to now, I'm encouraging my classmates and winning these awards and believe in other people's belief in me. That's when my voice really was empowered. Okay. So it was, kind of sounds like it was some small steps and over time and also some big pushes from other people. Absolutely. So the small steps, I think, in a way, I kind of look at it as two big steps instead of like even small progressions. The first big step was I have to believe that my mom and my teachers see something special. And sometimes it's tough for us to believe in others' belief in us. Now, hopefully those who are listening can even think about somebody in their life right now who has believed in them since day one and is constantly pushing them to the next level. And if they don't have that person, then the next big step to me would be to jump in the fire because how else will you learn? And for me, that's where I was. I love that. And I think that your mom is probably like this too. Sometimes my mom thinks I can do no wrong. And I feel like she thinks I'm like a superhero of some sort. And sometimes there's times where I'm like, I just have to get up today and be the person my mom thinks I am because I don't really, I'm not feeling it myself, but I'm going to get up today and be the person or be the person that my son thinks I am or whatever. Like, I mean, that's such a perfect example. Just be who someone else thinks that you are right now, because sometimes it is hard to do it yourself or your head is just not in the right space. And I think that that helps me And especially like in the gym environment where I'm like, you know, I have to show up for these people and I have to be the person that they expect me to be today. I can't sit and have a pity party. And yeah, I think that really helps move people forward and keep. And with my personality type and it sounds similar to your personality type, that helps us keep moving forward because those extrinsic motivators of other people's expectations and other people's confidence makes a really big difference. 
What I've heard from many speakers and what I've noticed in many speakers over time is that they often have overcome adversity or they've had big challenges in their life and that's really impacted their desire to speak to the world and also to share their stories and all those kinds of things. So can you share with us one of your biggest challenges and how it's impacted your work? Yeah, my biggest challenge in the history of of my life, when I think about it, undoubtedly has been, and it's difficult even to talk about, I don't know if I've even shared this, especially on a platform like this, but just my dad not being there when I was younger. And my dad was my hero and as someone that I very much looked up to, a charismatic figure in every way, very smart, intelligent man. And then with him and my mom separation, then which led to a divorce, he just wasn't showing up much in my life. But what I've come to find out, especially now, thankfully the story has changed over time. I've learned how to forgive. I've also learned how to continue to stay motivated and work hard for the things that you want because uh, we certainly had more when my mom and dad were together than when they were apart. I was the one younger who kind of seeing things sort of go to shambles from us being the one family on the block that built a home from the ground up. Back in those times, you really didn't see many minority couples even who had that type of a position and stake in the community to then my family of four, my mother and brother, sister and myself, living in the back room of a small house in my grandmama's home. But it inspired me to work hard to not have to succumb to that type of living condition always. But And then to also know that Willie Jolly, he says this, that a setback is a setup for your comeback. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. And even though it seemed like that was a setback, especially with my dad, my hero at the time, not being there, it really is a setup for what is happening today. I mean, he's even visiting me within the next month or so, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to that and, and showing his, his grandchildren to, to take him. He's always seen them online. We actually are about a thousand plus miles apart because I live up north and I'm actually from Alabama. So that's just very fun. It's a beautiful story. And how I leverage that challenge is, especially with my dad being as unique as he is and me still having love for him, I try to look for those qualities in him that almost show me me all over again in a brand new way. You know, some of the things that after hanging out with him for um, a time or two here or there, I've certainly seen why I do certain things that I do. 
and say certain things that I say. And it is the weirdest thing. That's so great. But it's also very powerful, too. Yeah, that sounds really powerful. How old were you when your parents separated? I was about five or six. Okay. Yeah, first or second grade. And how old were your siblings? My uh, brother, actually, we're only 18 months apart. So he experienced that divide. My, my sister, however, she's 10 years younger than my brother and I. We all have the same dad, but she wasn't born when that separation between my mom and dad took place. Okay. I love that perspective and the motivation that you have with your work after going through that challenge. I think that's really powerful to have that life experience and use that life experience to fuel your work and to fuel your passion and to fuel you when you're on stage and when you're speaking. And I totally agree that the things that seem like setbacks at the time are totally setups for things in the future. You can't always see that. And you certainly can't see that when you're five years old. But you can definitely look back and see yep. those things now. It's funny. I'm in a very similar situation with my relationship with my dad. And it's been interesting to realize over time that we don't have a relationship right now. But there's so many parts of my personality that are definitely from him. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the pieces of my personality that I get from him because you know no one else in my family could give that to me. Like It could not have been trained in me my comfort with other people and my ability to talk to anyone about anything and all that. Like that does not come from my mom. I love my mom dearly, but those were not gifts that she was able to give me. So it's just interesting to see as you become an adult, regardless of those relationships when you were younger and regardless of how things even are today, to acknowledge where you get certain things and to acknowledge like how that has impacted your whole life and driven you in your whole life, I think is so significant. And so it's just so interesting because like you said, you get together with your dad and you're like, oh my gosh, that's where I get this. And that's a pretty crazy thing like to see that, oh, this would have been a part of me no matter what. I mean, even though, you know, your family is cult and your mom cultivated certain aspects of your personality, some of those things were just innately there, which is pretty cool. Yes. So along the lines of, you know, coming from a challenge and using that as fuel for your fire, I know that people comment a lot on, and sometimes I think people are a little annoyed, but they comment on how I'm always able to be positive and able to shift my perspective into a good place in any situation. And I think that sometimes I'm, I had a friend say, you know, make a comment recently and she's like, you can always just make everything positive and everything happy. Like, do you ever have bad days? And I was like, yes, I totally have bad days. (laughs) But from what I can see, you are very similar in terms of being able to spin things and shift your perspective to really stay in a good place so that you can serve other people. And you actually have touched on this a little bit with being an introvert and extrovert, but is there a difference in your offstage versus your onstage mindset and attitude? And do you ever have bad days? If so, how do you cope with them? Yeah, I would say there definitely is a difference. I wish that I could be more consistent with who I am on stage versus who I am off stage. Not to say that there is a big difference, but there is a difference. A lot of times when I'm on stage and I'm delivering content, the number one person I'm preaching to and teaching is myself. You know, to teach is to learn, and I've certainly grown in that. But also just from the other idiosyncrasies that come with the dynamic, complex human beings that we can be. Because there's occasions, especially after presenting, where I would just love, and my wife knows this, and she thinks it odd and strange, but also (laughs) supports me wholeheartedly. After I present and speak, I would just love to just exit out the back door and go up to my hotel room and just relax the rest of the evening. If you want to see my palms sweaty and me 
sort of nervous. Whenever folks come up to me and they say, oh, you did such a great job. Wow, that was amazing content that you delivered. Your energy was off the charts. The more that they go, the more nervous I become. And it's kind of like you can imagine someone sort of shrinking. And that's that's sort of me. And it's the weirdest thing. I wish that I had an explanation for it. But I'm just good with the comment. You did well. That You did well today. And then you can just leave it at that. Thank you. I'll move on. But I would say that speaking to the point of wanting to definitely carry that present thought of it's going to be all right everything is going to be okay and to stay positive. I try to certainly let that marinate in every fabric of my being. And how I do that is I think, well, if I'm not dead, then I still have a chance. You know, (laughs) it isn't the worst it could possibly be. If I'm on this side of the ground, that at least is giving me a fighting chance to overcome hurdles and difficulties. And again, sometimes I'm not the best with it. So I can be a Debbie Downer you know, at times in my life. And I really try to make sure I'm more consistent at home than I am even outside the home. Because I know if I'm a superstar in my home, where those are the individuals who know me best, John Wooden says, uh, character really is nothing more than who you are. Your reputation is what people think you are. And I want to be really you know, tried and true in the home so that when I'm outside of those four walls and I'm doing, you know, the speaking and encouraging, my kids and my wife can point and say, I know exactly where he's going to next with his next thought because I get this same type of stuff at home. So, you know, I hope that answers your question. I took a long way there, but I really try to make sure that both are consistent. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I was actually thinking of, I was at swimming lessons with my son a few months ago, and there was another little boy there, and we do this full immersion swimming, which a lot of times leads to tears And for my son. And so we were in the pool with another little boy one day. They were each having private lessons, and both of this other little boy who was like four and my son was three at the time, and they were both crying and not enjoying their lesson. And when the other little boy got out and we were in the shower room with him, we're showering, getting changed and stuff, and his mom said to him, he was whining about how he didn't like swimming and he didn't want to come back. And his mom stood him up on this bench and they were like eye to eye. And she was like, I want you to look at me. And you repeat after me. She said, I, today I was brave. And then he's like, in his little voice, he goes, today I was brave. And then she's like, and then he's like, and then she goes, today I tried. And he said, today I tried. And it was exactly what you just said about like being this person in the home environment. And I'm watching her and I'm like, oh my God, she's like a motivational speaker for her child. And so I've started doing that with Vinny and different things where I'm like, it's okay to be scared, but you're going to be brave today. Right. And like, we'll say, okay, we're going to be brave and we'll talk about it. And it was such a cool moment. And I can see you doing that in your house with your kids Because that's, I mean, well, I know that that's what you do on stage, but to carry those things over and not, you certainly don't have to be a motivational speaker to do these things with your kids. But it was just such a strong statement that this woman made with her son. And it really shifted his attitude. Like initially, he was kind of like tearful in the beginning of the whole thing. And by the end, he was like, he just had the stronger tone of voice and the stronger attitude. And it was not at all about like, you know, like little boys shouldn't cry or anything like that. She didn't beat him down for anything. She just built up his own conversation in his own head and gave him some words to use as a coping skill. And it was so powerful. I loved it. I've done it with Vinny multiple times since then, kind of stolen her technique. But yeah, I can totally see what you mean about being, that's your first priority is being that person in your home and using those techniques with your kids. And then if, you know, if you can get on stage and impact people in the same way, like that's just a bonus. 
So when you're on stage, how do you want to inspire others? And what do you want them to take away from their time with you? My goal is really for them to see that they have a supernatural gifting to accelerate and excel and really do in life what they were born to do. I think too often I see folks in society who settle and they don't just go for it. They don't have that ambition that really all of us can have when we want something really badly. I tell you, one of the most impressive stories I know about you, Sarah, is when while your water was breaking, you did your taxes. You know, that to me floored me. And if that isn't a story of somebody that is a go-getter and who has some supernatural power within them, you know, that to me is a prime example of what anybody can accomplish. Now, that particular story is your story. But what I'm speaking towards is the fact that we have passions, we have giftings, and we have persuasion, leanings that pull greatness out of us. And there's only one space that God has really granted us to occupy that only we can do. There's different versions, don't get me wrong, but say, for instance, there would no one would have ever created a Shameless Mom podcast but Sarah Dean. You know, this is your space right now, and this is what you're claiming. And I like to preach and, and teach and inspire people that we all have a space to occupy, and we can really tap into who we've been created to be, what our passions are, and our gift, our true gift is, then life is going to become even more sweeter because that's where the prosperity is. Because I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you can probably attest to this, Sarah, that you probably feel the most alive when you're doing these podcasts and when you're with Vinny and your family and loving them. And I think that's, that's something for everybody. When they do what they are gifted and born to do, you know, you can really enjoy life. Yes, yeah, so you make such a good point. The things that make you feel alive. I think that and a lot of times out of necessity, so I don't mean this to sound judgy, but a lot of times we do things that make us feel dead because we feel like we have to do the things that are like slowly killing us versus doing the things that make us feel alive. And I'm in a position because I have built a business for myself. I've built multiple businesses for myself that I can continue to grow and do the things that make me feel alive. And as those things grow and evolve, I do new things that make me feel more alive. But I've been really conscious of that and being I've been really conscious of I'm not going to do things that suck the life out of me. And like when I became a personal trainer, I was like, I'm not going to go work at LA Fitness for $12 an hour. That's like, I'm worth way more than that. Even if I'm brand new and have no experience, I'm worth way more than that. So I've been very conscious of the things that make me feel alive and the things that allow me to grow my passion. And I know that a lot of times, you know, in a family situation that can be, you can't always do that on a moment's notice because you have, you know, responsibilities and commitments to your family. But I think it's really important to pay attention to the things that do make you feel most alive so that you can capitalize on them and maybe over time, make them a bigger part of your life. So maybe that's switching careers over the course of a few years or going back to school or just finding a little side gig that you really love, even a hobby that really builds your passion and allows you to grow in the ways that you really feel the most alive, rather than just being stuck in a job that you don't like and feeling frustrated and exhausted by it all the time. Right. So what are some ways and some steps that you have taken to lead a more shameless life? And how does that impact different areas of your life? Well, that's a great spinoff to the question that you asked prior, is I have to believe in me and all the ingredients inside of me that make me me. 
And so as a consequence, it leads me to gamble with myself and take bets on me. You know, <laughs> so I, you know, I've taken risks and they've been fruitful. I've invested thousands of dollars in coaching because I believe in that. And I believe in people who are doing what you desire to do, but they're doing it at that next level. They have a sphere of influence so that even when they walk down the street, everyone knows what they were gifted and born to do. That's the type of goal that I have so that my gift and who I am speaks for me. And what gets me to that place of really believing that I can do this is the strong faith that I have. I mean, I just really believe that there is an overriding uh, presence, not only in believing in God, but believing that he's driving me to be this way. And I would also say even investing in, in my kids, because what happens as a consequence of me taking gigantic steps forward is I don't want to leave my kids behind. I don't want to leave my family behind. I want to make sure that they're reaping the benefits of the risk that I'm taking. So sometimes I fly across the country even to get coaching. And you know these are long flights, expensive flights. So you better believe I got to make it worth it so that when I come back home, it's like my family is looking at a reinvigorated, a reinvented Nissan. Because I really believe that we're going somewhere and I want to really be a walking testimony and example to those who see me that man, he has that entrepreneurial edge. I think that's great. And I love that answer. Can you describe the legacy you're building? And how does being shameless play into your legacy? Well, number one, I would say, if I could answer what I would like my legacy to be, then I would be able to probably give a decent amount of adjectives. I think bravery, you know, just being brave and bold, and having confidence and just being confident with who I am, who I've been created to be, having love for people and those around me, having also just that gift of encouragement shine bright through me. I also feel that in being an overcomer, certain things that I even talked about on this podcast with uh, my family situation and still being in this place, I like for that to be my legacy and for people to actually know that story. I think there are a lot of people with walking testimonies that the world just doesn't know because they don't share. So I also believe in part my legacy, my shameless legacy is being in touch with my story, you know, and what makes me who I am. I love that. And I think our stories are so significant. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. My husband and I recently went through IVF that was unsuccessful. And I've shared a lot of the story and people were like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're sharing all that. You know, like that's really brave and bold and all those things, which was all, you know, very nice and very kind. But it was because I want to be in touch with my own story. It's very impactful for me, obviously. But like when we share our stories, it's so impactful for other people. And so for you and I to sit here and talk about our relationships with our dads and everything like that can be a little uncomfortable. Absolutely. That can be a bit of a barrier for, you know, for us personally, but the impact that it has on other people, I think is really significant. So when we can be in touch with our own stories, I think that it helps us understand our own lives, but it also really helps us impact other people's lives. And I think that's so significant. Absolutely. So we have a few minutes left and I want to go into, we're going to do, so normally we do our shameless mommy minute. We're going to do a shameless daddy minute here. And <laughs> the first one. I know our first shameless daddy minute. I'm so excited. Before we dive into that, can you tell us where can we find you online? The best place to find me is on Facebook. Actually, I have a public figure page that I think everybody should go to and check out because I'm always 
sharing great content, quotes, pictures, and even insight to my family life. So that would be the best place to find me on Facebook, Nissan Travel. I will hook uh, link that up over in the show notes. So over at shamelessmom.com, if you go to the web to our site and then find Nissan's episode, episode 64, and I will have his Facebook page linked up there. And you have the most adorable children. <laughs> so, I mean, if just people just want really cute baby pictures. Yeah, yeah if nothing else, go there You have my great kids. content too, but your kids are so cute and you post great little daddy moments. Like I feel like I post, you know, laughable mommy moments pretty regularly. Yeah. You do the same thing yeah. with daddy moments. So you have lots of good stuff over there. Okay, so let's go dive into our little lightning round here for our shameless daddy. I'm a little bit nervous about this. (laughs) No need to be nervous. I mean, you are like, you're setting the stage here, though, for all the dads who follow you. (laughs) Okay, okay, here we go. Okay, so I always start with wine because most moms are pretty um, connected to their wine, their relationship with wine. I don't know if you are or not. So we'll just start with that and see where it goes. Red wine or white wine? I'm not a wine drinker, so I'm striking out on pretty. But I guess if I had to choose one I've never had either, I would go with red. Okay, great. Do you have another drink of choice? I don't. I don't drink, so I don't have any. I'm sorry. Okay, just some nice cold ice water with lemon, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Hook me up. Current book that you're reading or the last one you read? Uh, The book that I'm reading right now is called The Story Factors by Annette Simmons. It is basically the art of storytelling, how to inspire, influence, and persuade. So it would probably be a boring book to most people, but for me, I'm intrigued. Nice. I will link up to that book in the show notes for anyone who wants to work on their storytelling. I think storytelling is, it's like one of my newer passions and just the power of storytelling. So I will definitely, I'll link up to that over in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com. All right. Your favorite non-work related thing to do with time to yourself. Oh man. See, this is it. Time to myself is really boring. (laughs) I love not having anything to do. I would probably say watching ESPN first take all by myself is a debate sports talk show. So that probably sounds like the typical male. I don't mean to sound that way, but I have to represent for the guys. Nice job. Nice job. What's one morning ritual you can't live without? Oh, that's the easy one. That's just my gratitude, my devotion time praying and and just, you know, being in touch, what I'm assigned to do for today, I got to do it. Do you get up before your kids to do all that? Yes, I do. What time do you get up? Normally around 5.30. Okay. I've talked about, I actually just, have you read The Miracle Morning? No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. So I recently did an episode on how to create your own Miracle Morning, but The Miracle Morning is um, a book by Hal Elrod, and he kind of prescribes a really specific morning routine, which is amazing. I love it. It's not something that everyone would have time for, or some people like to do different versions of it, but it's a great template for a morning ritual, and it includes a lot of the things that you talked about. So I thought maybe you did that, but it's a great read. He has a great story. So if you want a good book to read next, uh, look up The Miracle Morning. Okay, I have to check that out similar book called The Perfect Day Formula by our guy Craig Valentine. Yes. In fact, that was part of what inspired my episode. So I interviewed Craig about The Perfect Day Formula, and there's some great parallels between the two books. And then I, so we had an episode on each of those. And I'll, for those of you listening, I'll link to both of those in the show notes, because I think a morning routine is so crucial for sanity and for growth in your life. <laughs> so tell us, who is your biggest inspiration? 
Well, after spending a lot of time talking about my mom, that would be my mom. So all my shameless mommies out there, keep doing what you're doing because certainly my biggest inspiration is my mom. Oh, I love that. And if you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? The chance is sometimes just be invisible and get away (laughs) because there's so much that pulls from you in different directions. Yes, the chance to just be invisible at the snap of a finger just to get a brief break. I love that. So I'm going to ask, what superpower would you give dads? Would it be any different? We've never asked this before. This is cutting edge stuff here. (laughs) This is good. Are you ready for this? I love this question that you asked. I would hope that the dad's superpower would be to knock out the wife's agenda list for them very easily. You know, just uh, sure, honey, no problem. And it doesn't take any effort whatsoever. And they're not stressed out by it at all because they have the superpower that at the snap of their fingers, as soon as the wife tries to put something on their agenda, it's immediately off of it. Oh, I love that. We need to figure out how to make this happen. <laughs> See, that, that, that works for both ways. Both right. people need it, That's a win-win. Nissan, thank you so much for spending time with us today at the Shameless Mom Academy. I really, really appreciate it. And I wish you so much luck in your career. And I definitely want to hear you on stage and see you on stage again sometime sooner than later. Thank you so much. I'm grinning from ear to ear. This was a ton of fun and I would come back at any moment's notice. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, if you ever want to come back, just let me know. I would love to have you. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode was meaningful to you, please do share it out to other people that it might help. You can go over to shamelessmom.com and look for episode 64 to get a link to this episode. You can also find our episode links and information on our social media channels. If you go to Facebook or Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy, you can also, while you're over there, go ahead and like those pages, follow us if you aren't already. Know that we do have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So if this is your first time listening, come back again in a few days, we will be here. You can also go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and you can subscribe. So that link will take you right to our iTunes page where you can subscribe to our show, which means that you get instant access as soon as new episodes are released. It also means you can leave a little review while you're over there because there's a little right a review button. So if this show was awesome for you, you can go ahead and give me some feedback. Let me know what you thought. Leave a five-star ratings and review. That'll totally make my day. I read all my reviews and I love to hear your feedback. So thank you for listening. I hope you learned something. And remember, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.